I'm Cameron Silsby, and I head up all of the Van City communities. I'll pray for you. It's one of those phrases in Christianese, you know, the de facto insider language of church culture. It has a multitude of meanings, implicit and explicit, that are kind of fascinating. Right or wrong, I think a lot of people saying, I'll pray for you, is a neat and tidy way to end a conversation where the other person just shared a need they have, big or small. You want to encourage them, so you say, I'll pray for you. Whether or not you actually pray for them isn't the point. It's almost like saying, I wish you well. For some, it's an escape hatch when you have no clue how to respond to someone's distress or painful situation. Instead of saying something unhelpful or even saying something that may make it worse, you just say, I'll pray for you. A safe and inoffensive response to the person's pain and a way to say something in response. Again, whether you're actually praying for them is less the point. Or occasionally it can be used with a touch of sass. I'll pray for you. And in that circumstance, it can morph into implicitly saying, yeah, good luck with that. Or yeah, you're hopeless. Most likely no prayer will take place. And other times when it's said, the person means it sincerely. They will remember you and take the time to bring your situation to Jesus and make requests on your behalf to King Jesus. Now, hopefully, I think we can say that the best way to use the phrase is when you'll actually be praying for someone. But how do you know how to tell the difference when it's used, when somebody says it to you? Or how do you let someone know that you will actually be praying for them if there's so many different kinds of implicit meanings? Paul has to communicate something similar with a group of people he's never met on a piece of parchment that may take months to reach them. One way Paul communicates his sincerity is by saying how often, how often he prays for the Colossians and what he prays for them about. This will be our text today. Grab your Bible and find a quiet place with minimal distractions. I'm going to read Colossians chapter 1 verses 9 through the first half of verse 12, and then we'll talk about the passage. Colossians 1, starting in verse 9. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father. Paul is a brilliant dude, and also a guy who loves run-on sentences. Apologies to any English majors listening to this. But there's a reason Paul did this. This whole section is a flow of thought that is connected. Paul's prayer for the Colossians is simply for God to fill them with the knowledge of his will. And when God does that through the Spirit, it will start a chain reaction of sorts. So let's trace it briefly. Paul prays for the Colossians to be filled with the knowledge of his will that comes from the Spirit giving wisdom and understanding. Don't think of this as the Holy Spirit zapping a person out of the blue with wisdom and understanding. Instead, those things are intellectual in nature. One of the best ways to experience this is to read the scriptures and learn from them. 
and the Holy Spirit will teach you through the scriptures. But the point of the, this wisdom and understanding is so that the Colossians can live a certain way, one that is worthy and pleasing to Jesus. What does that look like? Well, it will look like doing good work and getting to know God better and better. These two ideas are actually tied together in the Greek, and there's a sort of relationship between them. The more you know God, the more you will do good work. And the more good work you do, the more you will know God through partnering, partnering with him in the work that he's up to in the world. But that's not all. A life that is worthy and pleasing to Jesus is one that is, is strengthened and empowered by God, meaning the well from which their strength comes from is never ending since it is drawn from God. And this empowerment, empowerment is for their endurance and patience. Endurance is for a difficult, painful, and or overwhelming situation. And patience is for a difficult, painful, and or overwhelming person. And finally, a, a life that pleases Jesus is one that expresses gratitude to the Father. And one can see how having endurance and patience helps produce joyful gratitude, no matter the situation. So we'll end there today and pick up the second part of the verse next time. There's a lot in this passage, a, a, a lot to soak in and reflect on. So today, I want us to take time to practice Lectio Divina on this text. If you don't know what that is, don't worry. I'll walk you through how to do it. To start your time doing Lectio Divina, take a moment to invite the Spirit to speak to you through your time. If you feel your mind is a little distracted, ask him to help you to focus on the text and then take a minute to sit quietly and breathe slowly. When you're ready, look down at the text and read slowly through it. As you do so, notice what grabs your attention or resonates with you. Perhaps it's the idea of being filled with the knowledge of his will or the idea that you can actually live a life that is worthy and pleasing to Jesus. Or maybe it's the idea of endurance and patience. Whatever it is, just make a mental note and keep reading slowly through the text. After you've finished, start reading slowly again through the text. This time, when you reach the point or points that resonate with you, stop and pray about them. Maybe you know exactly why they resonate with you. Talk to Jesus about that. Or maybe you're not sure why they do. Ask the Spirit to speak to you about it and listen. And then do this through the whole passage. When you finish this process, take a moment to reflect on what you've drawn from this time and talk to Jesus about it. Then end your time by taking a couple of minutes to express gratitude to the Father for whatever is on your heart or mind. Father, thank you for the life we have through Jesus our King. Help us to keep in step with the Holy Spirit as we aim to live today in a manner that is pleasing to and worthy of our King. Amen. Amen.